up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do? We're bringing you all the live guests. We're bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. Peace of love. This is Tyler Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO, the Little Lebowski urban achiever, the gentleman savage. I got my homegirl, Jasmine Lee, in the house. What's up, Jasmine? What's up? Give it up for Jasmine Lee, the lovely and talented, always offering great laughs and great commentary. And great smiles. Great smiles. amazing. Speaking of great smiles, today's guest has a great smile. Today's guest, I don't think that I can overstate how important she is to the culture. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can overstate her contributions to the culture, how she has inspired not just artists, but fans. Um, What this person has done for me as an artist has been fantastic. I've had the pleasure of working with her ever since she first dropped in the game. She's been on fire from Return of the B-Girl to Thank Her Now to She Got Game to Eyes Are Beautiful to Layla's Wisdom to Crown to Eve. This person is one of the first people that was on our list of people we wanted to get for the show because Mm -hmm. I feel like she really represents what People's Party is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rhapsody. Yeah! Rap Diddy! Black Girl Magic, baby. There we go. What's up? Oh, you look so cool. I love it. Thank you. I like to be cool. Yes. Yeah, what is your... What does it say? Fuck it. This is Jamel Hill's... uh, Fuck it, I'm bothered. Straight like that, her podcast. Right, I did her podcast um, the same day that she did my podcast. Oh, so when you watch Jamel Hill on People's Party, mm-hmm. that conversation happened an hour after I was on her podcast. See, that's ill. So y'all yeah. got to interview each other. Yeah, that's cold. You know, Jamel is is like a superhero. Super for real. Yeah, shout out to Jamel Hill. Shout out to her. But we have Rhapsody in the house. Yes, and you have an amazing voice, by the way. I d- in what way? Just how you're talking. Oh, oh my thank gosh, you. guys. Just you know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Just rain it on me. No, thank you. Thank you. Now, My voice has changed. It always wasn't so nice. It used to be mad high pitched. Oh, really? Um, yeah, you heard them earlier mixtapes. Them early mixtapes, yeah, <laughs> that I just named. Um, you were doing, I, it's interesting to hear how you developed stylistically. Mm-hmm. You play around, like you're known as a lyricist yeah. and you focus on lyrics. But I think one of the biggest appeals of you is you playing around with your voice and trying different things and not being scared. No, I'm um, not scared of nothing. Yeah, we had Game on, and he was talking about how the difference with him and 50, how he compared 50 to like a Roddy Rich of today. Right. He said that they're ill with the melodies. And I, you have lyrics mm-hmm. about to- having conversation with God and God mm-hmm. saying, find the melody, you know? And and Game talked about how he's not that type. He's like, I just write and I rap, mm-hmm. but I have respect for artists who can find the pockets to find the melodies. And I feel like over your career, you strive to do that. Yeah, Um. My thing is I always want to grow and learn, mm-hmm. you know, like I know I've for the most part mastered lyricism, mm-hmm. you know, in my way. So where can I go next? Because I never want to put out a project and people know what's coming next. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like I never want them to know what to expect. Um, so it's just like, how can I grow? Like, you know, melody, inflection, working, using your voice as an instrument, you know, every project is like, what can I do different? Right. I don't know. I, it's like I, I want to tackle singing, but I need that little t- 
tune on it. <laughs> the auto tune. But yeah, I need yeah. a little tune on it. But people yeah, sleep it's, on it's the auto tune because of T Pain and others. But it's a very yeah. useful tool. It is. You Man, just gotta know to how T-Pain. to use it. Yeah, like T Pain. Yeah, so that's what it is. Just always trying. You know, I, I, it's fun to be creative and try new mm-hmm. things for me. Like that's how I compete with myself. Right. You know, so I'm always trying to compete myself. Like, how can you be better than the last one? It just can't be beats and raps. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, but mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's an audience for that. Yeah, there's an audience for that, but you know, how how do you elevate yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, how does it become challenging? Because other than that, it's just like, this is too easy. Yeah. Like, challenge me. That's right. So. You run towards the challenge. All the time. Yeah. I ain't scared of nothing. Never scared. Yeah, and I don't like for people to box me in either. They love to box me in, you know, to think I can only do mm-hmm. one thing that I only like to rap over one beat so mm-hmm. especially with Eve I got to you know like Serena and Oprah like mm-hmm. you know just experiment and I want to continue to experiment as a DJ um you know I was um you know do dance mixes depending on the crowd right. I've DJed I DJed a party in North Carolina where I got, I got a lot of Rhapsody rec- records off but um Pay Up was a record uh, that I played a lot I and Oprah mm-hmm. that fits in the mix um speaking of North Carolina shout out to J. Cole yes he is an artist that has mentioned me twice on his records mm-hmm. there's another artist that's mentioned me twice that's you mm-hmm. you mentioned me and most you said bonded yeah. like most equality yeah. and then on uh sparkling you sparkling wow you, you said went blast, back on that one like quali like the blast yeah he knows every lyric no i mean i just i you know he, i know the rappers that rap about me you know yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> you that's what we put it in there yeah. i want you to know i appreciate it so yeah i mean you wanted you're one of the reasons i do what i do like mm. you talk about people that influence me and my style and why i love hip-hop it's i talk about jay-z but it's also you it's most deaf it's mm-hmm. common because one of what you mean to the culture and what you've given and what you talk about, you know, you taught me the power of the microphone mm-hmm. and how to use our lyrics to talk about what's going on within our culture, but your skill level too. So there are many a days, like even to sit here and have this conversation, I put you so far above the, above the totem pole. I just remember riding around in your music so much. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, Yo, this dude is like one of the greatest ever. Like, I appreciate you. Know you know the Jay Z lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Lyrically, I want to be Talib Kweli. Like, you know, so that was like you were one of the artists that I always strive to reach above, and that's who I put myself against. Where if I ain't as good as Kweli and Jay and most, and what mm-hmm. am I doing it for? So, yeah. I mean, you also rap about how you the rapper that rappers don't want to rap after. Nah, they don't want to do that. You know, I was, <laughs> you know. Uh, I did that once yeah. on the on the on the Indy Five Hundred project. Yeah, on the I rap before you on the other song on the uh, Every Ghetto, A Life Ahead of Me. I went after you, but it's both daunting tasks. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. Snow Hill, North Carolina, mm-hmm. population around sixteen hundred people, something like that. Wow, there are buildings in New York City that have sixteen hundred <laughs> people. people. High schools that have right, sixteen hundred right. people. I, my high school had five thousand students. Brooklyn Tech. Yo, so that's like. Three, Three of Snow Hill, North Carolina. <laughs> For real. Talk to me about growing up in such a small town and what lessons you carry over from the small town that might help you in the music business. Man, patience is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and got my nails done last night. Uh-huh. She was like, you ain't from here, are you? I was like, no. She was like, you're very patient. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, patience is one thing. Everything is slow paced and, and, you know, 
uh, mellow community. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing well, I think. Yeah. I learned about community and family. When you come from a place that only has sixteen hundred people, you go to school with the same people from kindergarten mm-hmm. to your twelfth grade year. Um, you learn how important community is. And, you know, just showing up for your people and representing your family because there's nowhere that you can go that nobody don't know you. Mm. Two, I, I think how to step away and to be by yourself sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, and in Snow Hill, it's real quiet and peaceful at times. And it's just like, you know, I'll go and I'll be in the rat race, but I also know how to step away, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, just to live a, a slow paced, mellow life where I feel like I don't always have to be keeping up or in a rat race. Sometimes like I appreciate that. I appreciate living in North Carolina because, you know, it's, it's just a place where I can just really chill and mellow down. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Um, I think those are the biggest things for me. Everything else. I feel like I was a city girl at heart. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I, I can't live here. Like, how do y'all? <laughs> graduate and stay here i can't do this like i just saw so much bigger for me um now you come from a big family speaking of community Mm -hmm. jehovah's witness yeah group jehovah's witness okay um i heard you say i think it was on the breakfast club that you were one of 150 grandchildren yeah from layla yeah from um, my mom's parents named the album after yes what's that like being (laughs) part of 150 grandchildren man um it was beautiful. I don't think I would trade that for anything because we were so close. All your cousins are like your sisters and brothers, you know, all my aunts, you know, are like family. So there was never a dull moment. I would say that like, mm-hmm. you know, there was always somebody getting in trouble, you know, us sneaking around. Like it just made it made things fun. But it also taught me the importance of family. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my grandparents are very, very strong about family and making sure that you show up for them no Mm -hmm. matter what family comes first so you know that allowed me to humble myself Mm -hmm. um even I think you know when I got in the business especially with women in hip-hop I come from that you know so I compete healthy but at the same time I I want these women in hip-hop to look like my sisters that's right because that's how I grew up like you know my mom and my aunts were the perfect examples of that me and all my girl cousins you know we're really tight and you know there's never any jealousy never any shade so coming into to hip-hop and it being like real catty I was like I don't I don't know how to even relate to that because that Mm -hmm. ain't even you know that ain't even my energy and how I grew up um so you know that's that's the biggest thing it taught me you know to be humble Mm -hmm. um to be loving to you know to show love so that's what it was and it taught me that one thing I, I think I have to balance that I probably got too much is I don't put myself first all the time mm. because I would put so many people before me. And that's on the, I'm not going to call it negative, but that's the thing that I probably need to pull back some and mm-hmm. just find a balance in that. But I that's, understand that. Yeah, you know, especially being like next to last in the family of, mm. of five siblings, you know, and, and I'm I was the youngest girl grandchild for a long time. Mm. So, you know, I had to learn to... Uh, to stay out of uh, the older kids business a lot, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just so used to being not to be at the, at the bottom or the back end mm-hmm. where it's just like, I was never at the forefront. So I'm just cool with just laying back. Mm-hmm. You know, I never have to feel like I got to be loud and put myself first and just like, all right, there's too many of y'all to be trying to compete mm-hmm. right, for <laughs> grandma, granddaddy's attention. So I'm just chilling, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that, that has carried over to the music too. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking about the music, I've heard you, I think also again on The Breakfast Club, uh, shout out Jay-Z and Lauren 
as equally your favorite mm-hmm. MCs. And I, I, I hear their style in you, but I've also heard and read you talk a lot about MC Light and mm-hmm. particular the Poor Georgie song and video yeah. as being heavily influential on you wanting to rap. Mm-hmm. What was it about that song and that video in particular? I think one, I was at such a young age, one MC Light was the first female that I saw rap. Mm-hmm. Like I know, you know, Roxanne, Shantae, and so many came after her, but she was the first one that I saw. So that got me off gate. It was just like, yo, a woman doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way she was dressed, it was just fly and it was tomboy. And it was like, yo, that's that's fly. She told this ill story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that made me fall in love with storytelling. Like to use music to tell this story to talk about. I want to say that song was about uh he had cheated on his girlfriend yeah and he got a he got a disease yeah and mm-hmm. then um he got in a car accident from drinking and driving yeah too. he was fucked it was, up it was it was, it was, that, was having you problems. know what i'm saying yeah. the story was so heart-wrenching <laughs> right <laughs> um poor georgie poor you know georgie. that poor georgie <laughs> so um that's what gravitated mm. me like all of those things in one i was just mesmerized it, i just remember hearing on the radio i would watch the video over and mm. over again i was like i gotta be a part of it now you yeah. rapped later about getting advice from MC Light mm-hmm. and saying you remember what did she tell you um the the one thing that she told me I met her at a black girls rock event mm-hmm. um I asked her uh if, if there was any advice you should give me and she said just keep doing what you're doing okay that was that was it she was like right. you know what you're doing I was like all <laughs> I right your light impersonation just keep doing it was um mm-hmm. Lauren probably gave me the best advice mm-hmm. though what was that it was at that same event she told me um, to to always seek knowledge, mm-hmm. to never stop learning. And um, the, the next thing she told me was to to touch every part of your show. If you have a band, like right. touch every single part of it. And, you know, you get a, you ask advice a lot and a lot of people tell you, like, you know, work hard keep doing what you're doing you know but to have those two very specific pieces of advice have helped me more Mm. than anything that anybody's ever told me because it was something that I could take and actually apply to something Mm -hmm. where you know it made me feel like oh you were watching my performance backstage and you Mm -hmm. really gave giving me sound advice to up my show and my show has gotten so much better since that it was something I went home and I really I went on YouTube and I watched shows and I watched mm-hmm. her and how involved she is in everything she does. Cause I used to be timid. Like, yo, I don't know a lot about a band, but I made myself learn, mm-hmm. you know, and be a part of the process of what that sounds like, how I envisioned it. Um, you know, I started reading more, you know, whether it was books or articles, just like, yo, the more I know, the more I'll be able to talk about mm-hmm. the larger my vocabulary will be when I do music. So, you know, it was, those are probably the best two things that anybody's ever told me. Mm. And you, I think you pay it forward all the time on the return of the B girl uh, album, the intro. I think you made a very interesting decision. Mm-hmm. You essentially did an outro as your intro. Yeah. And you had, yeah, you had mm-hmm. verse and everything, but you shot, you spent a few minutes mm-hmm. shouting out, Every female MC that you could think of. And you brought up names of people that I work with that I don't hear getting shouted out. Mm -hmm. Like um, Ty Phoenix. Yeah. Invincible. Mm -hmm. You know, people like that. Of course, Gene. And of course, other people that I work with. I mean, what made you want to start that album with that? Man, um, because I I knew that the B-Girl in that time that that had came out, in a mainstream view mm-hmm. was non-existent 
you mm-hmm. know, what happened to the around the way girl, the B girl mm-hmm. that just came in yeah. spitting, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it was my way to show that, yo, it's not only return of B girl is in welcome Rhapsody, but you know, there's so many other women that are in this community that mm-hmm. I wanted to showcase and tell you with this project, I'm, I'm representing for all of us. No and I'm bringing us all with, um, with me and two, just to show homage, mm-hmm. you know, it was important for me to come in first and show homage. Like that was my way to thank so many women that influenced me for leaving, even allowing me to be in this space, mm-hmm. you know, to, uh, plant that seed in me, you know, to show that it could be done that, you know, they, they opened the door and gave me a space for hip hop. So one thing is just like, you got to come in and bow down. Mm. first and foremost and then show love to your peers you Mm -hmm. know what I mean because we were so underrepresented to me I knew like the only way we gonna change the climate of things if we do it together Mm. so I gotta come in not busting at y'all heads but showing love you know that's love Mm -hmm. now that cover was also a tribute to Star Wars and <laughs> where my man success. with the Star Wars shirt? <laughs> Steve directed had a Star Wars shirt, oh, and I feel like he wore oh, that God. on purpose. For you, he wore that for me. Yeah, because we talked yeah. about. I was talking about you know going to the to the studio in, in North Carolina to sit with Knife Wonder and the Soul Council, and I mean y'all really love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's sixteen hundred people. What else? This? You know, we do. You, you, you make records about being a Jedi. Yeah. You know, Knife is the the biggest fan, of course. Ask Knife if Return of the Jedi is better than Knife. No, Where's the camera? He said it. He Empire Strikes Back. That's he the said one. That. He That's said the one. That. For me, it's Return of the okay, Jedi. Okay, okay. For you, it's subjective. Yeah. All right. It's, it's like poor Georgie. You probably wouldn't say that's <laughs> MC Light's best song. No, mine is Stop, Look, Listen. Or Ooh. Paper Thin. Ooh, paper Thin. Yeah, Paper Thin is the one for the club. That's the dance one. Indeed, that's the one I can DJ. Indeed. But Stop, Look, Listen is. Want to battle me now? That's strange behavior. Come on. Drink and drive. Yeah, you probably save her. Because when I get, you never catch slack. I feel like a kick me what? sign was pinned to your back. Because I'm the super duper with the rope of dope. Got your clean drawers on. Yeah, I hope you do. Because I'm going to strip you of your peace of mind. Now your Ooh. peace of mind. Damn, that's unkind. Come on, admit it. The Don't light is too fly. The rhymes that I say, you can't deny. Because 100% is what I give it. I haunt the house with the <laughs> hip hop spirit. I tear it, prepare it like a hand me down. Make you wear it. Save all your crocodile tears, grin and bear it. And with all your other brothers, you gonna share it. You hear me, Junior? Kasunya, be a grown man with the mic in your hand and understand bite is not part of the plan. Oh, that's what? wrong. What? Thought I told you better than that. <laughs> yes. But that's what you get from a stabber in the back. Ooh. Like your you, next on the show. You need to well, do you some like kind the of diverse encyclopedia. No, I'm just yes, he like is. You know he needs I, to be on a you show. Know what I hate <laughs> when people be rapping verses. I can't rap along. Right. <laughs> She giving me mad added, rap hands. Yeah, Quan, get it. <laughs> no doubt. You need to um, do something with that talent, for real. I, I do. Yeah. I rap. Uh, no, not the rapping. I rap not for the a living. Rapping. I do hip hop for a living. I'm so weak. <laughs> I mean the fact that you know lyrics like at the drop of at a the pin. drop of like, a hey, I'm gonna take LL Cool J's job, hip hop karaoke. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, LL. Um, shout out to LL. MC Light was on Self Destruction. Yes. Super pro black record. Right. You are unapologetically, staunchly pro black. Oh, to the core. To the core. At the same time, as you being so pro black, you have a phrase, uh, culture over everything. Yes. And in hip hop culture, it's not just black people. Obviously, it started with black and brown people. Mm-hmm. And anyone in the culture has to recognize that. Right. right? Black and brown, disfranchised and poor. That's right. Indeed. Everybody in the culture has to recognize that. Explain for people who might not know, people who might get offended, uh, certainly quality fans, 
<laughs> by the phrase pro-black. Um, how pro-blackness fits into a cult, hip-hop culture over everything mind frame and why that's not anti-white. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's not anti-white because it's about loving yourself and mm-hmm. your culture. Loving yourself does not mean we hate you mm-hmm. you know especially in a country where we're taught to not love ourselves how we look mm-hmm. um that try to strip us of our culture our religion so mm-hmm. much of of who we are it's important for us to you know to remind ourselves yeah i'm 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 me i love mm-hmm. me um everything that you show and depict of me is is false mm-hmm. and i'm you know and i'm always gonna put this on my chest for, for, for first and foremost so that's why it's important because you know white you know the white people they they have love everywhere mm-hmm. you know they know they're good you know they're not uh continually fed negative stereotypes and images and stories about themselves so that's why this pro black is is for us you mm-hmm. know it's it's ours you know just to get ownership back of what was stripped away and what's always trying to be turned into a false narrative of mm-hmm. who we are that's like right. that's that's us that's our culture and that's what's beautiful beautiful about it you know now as an mc I have a lot of songs, and because I have a lot of songs, I don't remember all of them. Quest Love said that Black Thought could keep twenty songs in his head at a at a clip. Um, I'm I figure that's a fair number. Yeah. Um, hard to choose. Mm-hmm. Is that a song that you know the lyrics to? Some days. Okay. Okay. It depends on the day. You know, some I, days it joint clicking. Other days, I feel that I can't remember past the second bar. I feel that I have the <laughs> lyrics here, and I'm not going to read them because I'm going to fuck up the flow. Okay. But you know, you you say I'm so pro-black in that song and then later on in that song um you know you say uh welcome to my side when you look in the crowd the minority's never white right. i appreciate y'all but if i'm lying i'm lying if it don't bite because i love all races but we gotta raise them because right. i know the scales tipped ain't in ain't in no black, black girl's favor either. hey y'all we outcast these black girls favor the blonde barbie and scars we all, all gotta, gotta save them mm. no love lost for whites latinos and the asians mm-hmm. Loyalty to all, but when I look at these black girls' faces, I understand why I choose to be better, not basic. basic. Mm-hmm. So it's not hard to choose. And this is my favorite part. Yeah, so excuse if I don't care if the hipsters relate. Right. If it weren't for y'all, if it weren't for you at all, at all, why these songs, it, it, I'm fucking the lyrics up. It's That's what I said good. I didn't want to do. <laughs> it wasn't for you at all, at all, why these songs were made. Mm-hmm. That's so important as mm-hmm. a lyric to me as a black artist. Right. Um, you have a, you had a very close working relationship with Mac Miller. Very, yes. Um, shout out to Mac Miller. Um, rest in peace to Mac Miller. I have a couple of songs with him. He called me and found me and sought me out to work with him. That's Mac. That's the type of artist that he was. Yes, every, every legend he sought out. That's right. DJ Premier didn't matter. He came in and respected the culture and what it was and made sure he did it the right way. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. And, um, he also spoke up one of the rare MCs, rare white mm-hmm. MCs to speak openly about black issues. He openly supported pro black, uh, black lives matter. He mm-hmm. openly just talked about those things and he would work with artists like me and you mm-hmm. yearn his drive. He took you on tour. Right. right. At the first time meeting me, nobody knew. Like I think I had maybe one mixtape out. Didn't know me from Adam. It was just like, I like you. I like your music. I want to help you come on tour with me. Mm. Straight like that. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm I'm one of a many artists that mm-hmm. he's done that for. Um, and it just speaks to his character. And, you know, at the end of the day, he didn't come in the culture feeling like he was owed anything. Mm-hmm. Or that, you know, 
I, I can be here because I want to be. He's like, no, I understand this culture and who created this culture and where mm-hmm. it started. And, you know, some people say white people are guests in hip hop. Mm-hmm. He, he entered it like he was that. Right. You know, um, so and he did it the right way. You know, it, it was just respectful. Um, and that's why, you know, he was loved as much mm-hmm. as he was. You know, he just did it. He just did it right. That's right. What did um, Max Passing mean to you? What do you think hip hop lost? Man, it, that was it was devastating mm. um because you you just outside of the talent that he was the person that he was like he he was a light and a joy it didn't matter even if he was going through dark days he always shone light on somebody else he was always laughing i remember on tour you know it could be the worst situation ever and he would always come in and try to turn it around with mm-hmm. laughter like you know that's what he was about love and at the end of the day that's what humans are put here to do love and he embodied that to the core like i don't know too many better examples of that um so you know the world the hip-hop community i mean you just lost a light and a good person that was here to spread love and change people in that way and you know get them to remember that you know we all should be connected at the at the end of the day, fundamentally by love. Shout out to love Matt is Miller. religion, yeah. no doubt. Indeed. Um, you also had the honor and the pleasure of working with Nipsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Explain how you linked up with Nipsey and, and how that song came to be. Man, uh, we did a song called "You Should Know" with Absol. Mm-hmm. I think that was it was on she she got game, mm-hmm. um, and I had been wanting to work with Nip a long time. Um, but we actually did that out in LA at 1500 or nothing studio. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Mars. Yeah. Walked in. Nip was, Nip was in a white tee, like always <laughs> some black pants. Um, we played the record for him and he, he wrote it on the pad and he just recorded it. It was just that easy. Like the last time I saw him, we hadn't, I hadn't seen Nip in person. Mm-hmm. Man, it's probably been like five years. And I saw him at the, the last Grammy brunch. Um, in 2019 mm-hmm. and uh you know we were just connecting and he was like man we got we hadn't done anything since you should know i said yeah we got to get back in there and do another one um but you know nip was the same way man anything he could do for somebody mm-hmm. i felt like he would do it you know he was just a, a big heart um you know super supportive uh i was at a show um when i went to big i was on big crits tour we went to oakland and I was, you know, I went and dat fans up and his cousin was in the audience. He was like, yo, he was like, I just want to tell you I'm Nipsey's cousin. He loved you. Mm. Like, he's the one that put me on you. And I was like, wow. Mm. Like, you know, I know Nip supported, but I didn't know it was right. like that. You, you know, you have to so, tell the family and yeah, spread the like, good right. word. I mean, yeah. you saw it in just what he wanted to do for his community. It was mm-hmm. coach over everything for coach him, too. Um, he just called it the marathon. That's same right. thing. Um, but, you know, just teaching financial literacy mm-hmm. to his people and buying up the block you know that's important to have ownership and to own things in our own community so we keep gentrification from happening exactly. like he saw the importance of that and trying to get ahead of that like he was a powerhouse man like mm. again like god will rise that's like, right you know the ninth wonder is also a powerhouse yes um you met him what 2004 2005 2005 you went coolie high Cooley High wasn't Cooley High yet. We okay. were just like an organization. H2O. Of, yeah, H2O, okay. a bunch of kids just hanging out, trying to figure it out. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk to me about meeting Ninth Wonder and, you know, how his leadership has inspired you and helped you. Man, the day that I met him, um, 
I think it just speaks to the person that he was. Mm-hmm. He had just come off doing the Black Album, Mary J. Blige, Jesse's Child. Like some people get a run like that. Like, man, I ain't about yeah. to go sit with no little kids. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, right. he he actually came to us. Mm-hmm. You know that for one, um, we were in my friend Tom Fullery's house. It's an old white house. You know how college kids mm-hmm. live. You know, he came there with him and one other person. Um, it was like 20 or 30 of us and just talked to us about the business, you know, played minstrel show records, played Gen- Genius before Genius mm-hmm. came out. Um, and he just was you like... put that out on Blacksmith. Straight you up. Shout out to Jean Grey. Yeah, they, yeah. She, she was on Blacksmith then. Um, you know, just to put imagery-wise, you know, you see like pictures of like jesus sitting around and it's like everybody want to hear the parable like that's what it was we were just all sitting around him soaking it in um you know and ever since i've known him there have been people that'll come up they young and they eager and you know they just want to learn he'll talk to you for two hours Mm -hmm. if he has it so um you know it just showed to outside of a a a super producer an amazingly talented individual he's also a teacher that's right and super literally a teacher literally a literally a teacher um you know so that was my first experience meeting him you know uh just very down to earth as as horrid as i thought my first song was Mm -hmm. he saw star power he saw something in in me that i didn't even see in myself that early on um, you know, and to be patient enough and want to take me under his wing and have artist development just shows how much he just cared, mm-hmm. you know, about people and just living their dreams and anything he could do to help you. Even if it was a word, he would do it. He's still like that to this day. So that was my experience meeting him. Um, his leadership, man, uh, you know, you, you hear the the saying, a leader doesn't walk in front. They uh they walk behind mm-hmm. or beside you some people say that's that's what he was mm. you know um so you know i just watched how he led and that was by example um if he's if he was up at light at late at night till four in the morning working i would stay till eight in the morning mm-hmm. that's what it was so he definitely led by example if i'm gonna tell these uh these kids that i've signed to this label to work hard I'm going to show y'all what hard work is. Um, he sacrificed everything. He tried everything. He never boxed anything in. And he, his leadership also taught me that you don't have to change who you are. If nobody will give you a seat at the table, make your own table. That's, right. That's something that he always taught us. So, you know, and relationships, just watching how respected he was in the industry by anybody from the very top to the very bottom. I've watched it all. People bow down. To, uh, at him you know that you would think like oh this is a super producer mm-hmm. you know the whole world knows so it just shot me touch told me about respect and relationships and you know sometimes that means more than anything like mm-hmm. you can't put a price tag on what that is so you know that's just how important his leadership has been to me and, and in my career like right. you know now I, I've I feel like I've gained some of that there's nowhere I don't feel like I can't go you know, because I've earned the respect of people, but I knew I watching him, I had to do that first before I did anything. Right. So, um, on your song "Everlasting," we talk about how Knife told you that trends come and go, and <laughs> yes. to make it about the music and make it everlasting. Yes. Um, for me personally, you know, when Farrah Monch is the one that came up with the idea of doing Indy Five Hundred, mm-hmm. um, I had worked with Knife on things here and there before. Um, he's him and you know little brother and them always showed a respect and a reverence for what I did mm-hmm. with most and what we did with Raucous. Um, but Indy 500, it started when I flew down there mm-hmm. and I experienced, I experienced something magical. 
like to have that studio. What's the name of the studio? Bright Lady. Bright Lady yeah. with the Soul Council. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I didn't understand what it really was. I thought, you know, I was flying down to do this project that was really about me and him. But when I was down there, problem was there. Mm-hmm. And bad luck the was bad there. Bad luck was there, yeah. And Slug popped up. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did. Slug yeah. was there for like a day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I realized, I said, okay, they're, they're really building something up over here. It really mm-hmm. felt magical and spiritual to me. Talk to me about that studio, about mm-hmm. what Ninth has built with the Soul Council and just some of the other producers. Um, is Eric G a part of Soul Council? Yeah. Eric, Eric G, G and Crisis mm-hmm. and E. Jones. Knots. Yeah. Knots. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Talk to me about that. Man, Bright Lady is like, it's like our safe haven. It's like, we don't call it our studio. It's like our home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we got the the living room area, which is like our Cosby couch. We sit and we just have conversation. <laughs> but Knife always wanted a place where it was open door, where he can allow anybody to come and create. And they didn't have to worry about paying for studio time. Like, we create albums. We don't do no sheets. And we don't, you know, mm-hmm. we don't write down time or anything. We just work. Um, you know, and... and Mac Miller would come down a lot because it was it was a place where he could just come and work like you don't have to worry about this person being in there mm-hmm. and you know it was just it's just a safe haven so you know Knife will be on the phone and he might be talking to whoever artists and they might be stressed out and they mm-hmm. might be dealing with the industry and he'd be like just come down here mm-hmm. you can you can stay at the studio and get your hotel room just come down here and it, for him it was always about creating great energy mm-hmm. so everybody that that comes in there they always talk about the energy yeah it's great energy yeah and it's and that's what we wanted we just wanted a place where people can just come hang out they ain't got to worry about being bothered it's like a hiding spot Mm -hmm. you know it's like if if i'm about to go have some rehab it is for your (laughs) energy it's like energy (laughs) rehab for real um and that's the magic of that studio um you know styles p grant hill like a bunch of ball players coming in you know they'll have little beats uh tutorials but you know yeah like grant hill jabari parker uh I don't know. I can't remember everybody. Um, but, you know, that's that's the magic of that studio. It's, mm. it's just a safe place for people to be. Um, the Soul Council, that's Ninth Seven Producer Production Team. Mm-hmm. So let me let me make sure I can remember everybody. Okay. So it's Ninth, it's mm. Knots, it's Crisis, Eric G, Jones, Cash, and Amp. Yes, that's everybody. Right. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, you know, but... Knife always had a, a love and infinity for beat teams, whether it be Hit Boy, whether it be uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, organized Noise, uh, Justice League. Justice League. So uh, you know, it was something that he wanted uh, to create. Hitman in them. Exactly. So they're they're basically the sound of Jamla. And what's dope is everybody's different. You know, mm-hmm. Knife is known for um, his soulful beats, uh, his drums. Eric G is the most versatile out of mm-hmm. anybody. If you want a trap beat, you can get a trap beat. If you want a pop beat, get a pop beat. If you want boom bap, he can do it all. Um, Amp is like baby primo, you mm-hmm. know. Um, let me see. E. Jones, <laughs> he get the blush beats. Blush. <laughs> Me and E. Jones got a few love songs together. Oh, <laughs> that's what he like. Yeah. He like that R and B guy. He like to make those records. Crisis, you know, Crisis is some of my hardest animal. records of a Crisis. Yeah, Crisis. Yeah. Anything that you want to break your neck off of, you go yeah. to Crisis. Like yeah. he's known for this crazy neck bop he got. Um, you know, uh, Cash. Cash is a uh, real soulful sound. This is what he likes. So it's just like you know, I beat factory where you can go to any one of us and get what you need. Mm. At the end of the day, um, and they've just become the sound of Jamla. So mm. you know that's what it is, and it's is dope to be able to 
have some of the best beat makers at your disposal. Right. Like I could call every G and be like, yo, I need this, 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 and he'll send me 30 beats. Mm. Wow. Like that is amazing. I mean, I, I I would I can't imagine some of these other artists that got to fly to all these producers. Like, not to say we don't you know work with other people, mm-hmm. but to have it all in house, I be right. eating. I'm trying to at tell the crib you, too. I'm a beat at the crib yeah. too. Eric G actually moved to L. A. So you know, but you know that's. But cool. I'm sure he still got to get to Bright Lady. Man, he might come like twice a year, <laughs> man. You know, but he's good. I'm not a rapper. I know I told you I was earlier, but it was a lie. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you was going to bust some bars. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm she just knows to... all the words to Little Kim, uh, crush Lady Marmalade. Lady Marmalade. It was Crush on You. Oh, I yeah. know you did Lady Marmalade. I did Lady Marmalade for karaoke. Because and you know then, the words. Jeez, Talib. I'm just <laughs> trying to do my job here. Uh, but no, I was wondering, like, how important is it with uh, to have a good relationship with the engineer to a rapper's career? Oh, um we don't have for me we don't have like a set engineer like a lot of times mm-hmm. if i was recording knife would record me a crisis then it got to the point i recorded myself so i've seen you record yourself yeah for us yeah. you know it was always learn everything mm-hmm. except producer the dj which i've been kicked off of but <laughs> <laughs> multiple times but you know so and 2009 when Knife signed me I would sit at the board beside him and watch everything he did and ask like what that do what does that do mm-hmm. how do you do this um, if there was no engineer around I would FaceTime crisis alright tell me how to do this What I gotta put aux on this and bus on this because you know I didn't want to ever be in a situation where I couldn't do music because that speaks to somebody yeah, I can you tell know? now that you're saying that because you have so much output mm-hmm. I'm seeing it now like Fuck it, I'm a. I gotta record. Straight. That's what. That's how I'm with yeah. everything. Like, if something can't get done, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. I will figure it out. Um. So it's the same with engineering, but I think it is important too to still have a set engineer that kind of knows your sound. You know what I mean? Like, well, y'all ha- do have a great relationship with Young Guru. Oh yeah, I forgot. I was thinking of engineers. I wasn't even thinking of mixing yet. Yeah, but no, that's a, that's the, there's, yes. There's engineers that you record with. Yes. And then you take it sometimes, a lot of times, to a different mm-hmm. engineer to mix. Right, right. Right. And um his relationship with you goes way beyond the studio. Way beyond. Yeah, that's big bro. Like yeah. him and Knife are like the same person. For yeah. Me. Yeah. They're just uh, the same height. <laughs> they <laughs> are. They both skinny and tall. Right. <laughs> um But his relation your relationship with him led to your relationship with Rock Nation, right? No. No. Mm-mm. Oh. Well, no, give us the, it, the it wasn't Guru. Okay. Not to say Guru never uh, right. played my records for Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, Guru. For the people listening, yeah. this young Guru who worked, with, worked yeah. with Jay-Z. Jay-Z shot him out famously on big records, but he Guru also has turn a... Me up. Right. He has a great record with Knife Wonder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great relationship with Knife Wonder. Mm-hmm. And has been very involved in Jamless stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, he's basically... He's on our team. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, Goo, Goo has been down since day one. Like him and Knife are best friends. Mm-hmm. So when Knife told him he was creating a label, he was like, whatever you need from me, like has mixed like some of our projects for free. Like wow. you know how much Guru costs. I do. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mix my project for free. I knew that was coming. Him. <laughs> I knew that I got the but family shout out to Guru because it was worth it. Yeah, but he knew in the <laughs> early days they had no money. <laughs> no, he gave, no, Guru gave me I'm I'm being facetious. He he gave me the homie price. But See, with him with y'all it's it's a family. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely yeah. a family. Like Guru wasn't the plug and everybody thinks that. Right. Um they they had a guy by the name of Spanish Rand mm-hmm. who I don't know if 
I'm not going to say he was interning, but maybe a consultant, mm-hmm. you know, working with Lenny S. And, um, you know, he would, he presented the idea to Lenny, I think. He was like, yo, y'all really should sign Rhapsody. Like, mm. you know, she would be perfect over here. And I guess, you know, Lenny did his due diligence. He was mm. like, yeah, like set up something. And Spanish Rand sent the email. Mm. That's okay. how that happened. Okay. You know, because Goo, Goo never forced his hand on right. anything, you know, um, and I'm I'm happy that it I would I like when everything happens organically mm-hmm. in that way. That's right. Mm-hmm. Your relationship with Kendrick happened organically as well. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you met him. I, we met Kendrick around the same time because I started working mm-hmm. with Kendrick and really trying to get down with what TDE was doing around 2009, 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The song I have with Kendrick was recorded then. I just held it and didn't release it for three years. Right. But talk to me about meeting him and those initial records. You were on doing mixtapes together? Yeah, um, we met. I First, I got on to Kendrick through Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, the Kendrick Lamar EP. And it was like, man, who is this dude? And then Overly Dedicated came out. Um, so he actually came to the studio because he was a big fan of Knife. I think Knife had sent a tweet of all the new young kids that he liked and Kendrick was in that. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of developed this relationship over the line, over over social media. And at that time, you know, Knife would put out all these beat tapes and you know, Mac, Kendrick, Ab, everybody that needed beats at the mm-hmm. time, you know, you scouring the internet. A lot of those beats were Knife Wonder beats. Right. So, you know, for the for the kids of that generation, you know, Knife and me too he was a big part of us like trying to figure it out and getting music that we can rap over um so he actually came to the studio of course to see ninth in crisis but at the studio you know we all build i think that very first day they stayed for like maybe a day or two we didn't even do music we just spent the day talking um mm-hmm. he got beats from ninth we went to cookout got a five dollar tray got him in the milkshake mm-hmm. um so you know it was just really just learning who we are as people like that's how I like to build relationships with artists. It's never about like, yo, let's just go in the studio and work. Like, I want to know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know you. So that's kind of like what we did. Um, then he uh, he came down another time for a show he had in North Carolina Central and came to the studio. And I was working on Thank Her Now. I, I can't remember what project it was, but I think it was Thank Her Now. Um, and I just played the record for him. I was like, yo, what you think? He was like, whatever you need, what mm. we rapping about. And at this time, it's just, you trying to gain respect. I was like, man, whatever you want to rap about, ain't got no concept. Just, mm-hmm. you know, you know, he's always supportive. Anytime I need advice, I always hit mm-hmm. him. You know, like Kendrick, like, what did you do when this happened? Or what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Because even though, you know, we kind of came up in the early days together, he skyrocketed. He's experienced so much that I haven't. So he's someone I know that I could look to for advice, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of, gauge on what what i should do you know when i do albums he's mm-hmm. one of the people that i'll send the record to um i didn't do that with ease but i did play layla's wisdom for him because i trust his ear right um so you know you hear like stories of a primo and how he would play records for dr dre you mm-hmm. know just to get his ear kendrick is like in that peer group for right. me of of my peers ears that i trust and you know that's just always been our relationship mostly built on music mm-hmm. you know but i have so much love and respect for him as a person as we all do yeah a1 I mean, since day one yeah he puts yeah. you on his grammy uh award-winning album yes um, yes you also have a couple grammy nominations mm-hmm. um layla's wisdom um i just i'm in love with this album thank you um we're we're very not far away from the holidays. Did you make it clap like Waka Flocka last Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> not this Christmas. I'll put, put some bop in it. <laughs> hey, the baby. Hey. No, 
Yeah, yeah I was making that thing bop. Did you see Baby on uh, Saturday Night Live? I did. Doing that song? I did, yeah. Oh. He's he's one of my favorite new, and I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, he's from North Carolina, right? Yes, yeah, and I'm crib. happy. I'm, yeah. Now, everybody that's from there ain't dope. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, I was happy, you know, to champion him. Right. But, man, he's explosive. When he came out, to me, he has the energy I felt when... um. Get Richard Die Trying came out. Mm-hmm. Like it's that same energy I that I feel. No, like, I agree. Yo, he just he just came in with a whole different force and a whole. It's aggressive, but it's fun at the mm-hmm. same time and funny. That's what Fifty was. Right. Fifty, you know, was talking shit and he was aggressive, but he was funny too. Right. Like, and he was making himself baby is the, the baby's making himself the people's champ. Oh, yes. he's lovable. Yes. Yes. very he's lovable. Very, very lovable. Now Fifty, <laughs> but Fifty's a bully. That's champ. the baby's not a bully. For different reasons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Let's not even get on that in the power episodes we've just seen. But uh. <laughs> I wanted to uh, go back to you were talking about Jay and that's one of my favorite rappers and working under mm-hmm. his wing like how is that for you like what's like your favorite Jay- Jay-Z story and I'll be seeing Jay that much <laughs> oh. <laughs> I told you I still don't have his phone number but are nah. you serious oh I'm dead I'm dead serious that's cool yeah, I though I with Jay-Z I never had his phone number either yeah Y'all just I had DM a two way number one <laughs> you shouldn't be able to get the Jay-Z that easy right. you shouldn't but um probably my two favorite ones one I think the last time I saw him in the office um this was before Eve's came out we was talking about basketball or something but we were leaving and getting on the elevator Oh, no. And he just came out of nowhere and air dunked <laughs> on sorry, my I'm head. Sorry. Like it ain't nothing like that. Right. But he just came out of nowhere and air dunked on my head. And I was just like, I didn't expect that from Jay. I was like, right. why you do that to me, bro? Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I felt I was like, dang, that's what you doing to me. Um, that's that's probably one because you know, that's you don't get I, you don't get to see him in a space where he mm-hmm. just like having fun right. and mm-hmm. chilling all the time. So, you know, he was just like Jay, he was riding around the office on a bicycle wow. and air dunking on heads. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, like like for real, like in the, down the hall on a bike, like how y'all doing, riding bike. So he was just cool. Um, and, you know, I think the other time, maybe there was one time I went to his house. The only oh. time I went to his house. Um, and, you know, just he just told me that he was proud of me. Mm. And when you when you have a hero like that that mm-hmm. gets to tell you that that means a lot so that was one but other than that you know i'd be emailing him <laughs> <laughs> but he's always there to give support and advice and you know he'll hit me out the blue and be like yo y'all killing it right now mm-hmm. so yeah that's dope mm-hmm. you have a video that has almost brought me to tears um uh, the man i was about to say it's either the man or a feeny the man to me is important because, I mean, I don't know if I can name a record that speaks to the black male condition that's better than that. You speak, obviously, from a woman's perspective. But I've also heard you speak about why it's important to uplift black men. Yeah, very um, I've heard you speak about how black men have been in your corner, mm-hmm. from a ninth to a Jay-Z to a Kendrick. Mm-hmm. How about how black men support your lyrics? Mm-hmm. And that song is just such a beautiful tribute to us. Now this album Eve, mm-hmm. which is a what? First of all, can we get a round of applause for Eve? It's amazing. Thank right. y'all. I love it so much. Um, I'm paraphrasing, I think, but Rolling Stone called it a masterpiece of feminist hip hop. I don't like the word feminist. Oh, I was about to ask you that. 
I was about to ask, yeah. do you consider yourself a feminist? No. Okay. If if I don't want to put a label on it, but if I had to, it would be Alice Walker's version, womanist. Womanist. Mm-hmm. Yes, because about womanism a lot in the show. Yeah, yeah, I don't like to exclude men from mm-hmm. what I do. In the same way as pro-black mm-hmm. is not anti-white, mm-hmm. feminist to me has an anti-man mm-hmm. tone to it, especially today. So, you know, I like to... I like to be able to celebrate women without mm-hmm. having to tear down men. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think Alice Walker, like the definition of feminism on paper is just mm-hmm. equality for women. But yes. because it was, you know, in the 70s when it gained prominence run by white women, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times the, the nuances and the issues in, our, in the black community were left out of the feminist discussion. I that think that's why too. Alice yes. Walker and them came up with the womanist thing, which right. I think for a lot of black women feels a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. A lot, for, especially to me. Yeah. For that, for that very reason. So. Yeah, um, I just want to thank you for being the artist that you are. Like you go, like we just talked about the return of the B girl. You name every single female MC you could think of. You Eve. Every song is named after a powerful black woman. Mm-hmm. You put Roxanne Chante in your videos. Mm-hmm. You just you go all out your way, above and beyond to represent f- female MCs. But you do it from a place of we're in this together. And just me as a as a black man doing this is is highly important for me. And I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, the interview you were doing before you did Eve where the writer, what's the writer's name? I forget. He was playing you, Nina Simone and Roberta uh, Flack. Lamar Wilson. Yeah, something Lamar. like that. Mm-hmm. But he was, Nina Simone obviously is, you know, I've sampled her a couple of times, mm-hmm. you know. And um, she, I consider her my musical godmother. Nina Simone and Roberta Flack are both from North Carolina. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the story goes that listening to that those songs in that car ride led to the inspiration to do Eve. Is that and correct? He, yeah. He was he was writing the article mm-hmm. on the lineage mm-hmm. of North Carolina musicians. So it was kind of like the family tree. And he was like, "Well, you come from the family tree of Nina Simone and Roberta mm-hmm. Flack." You know, just because, you know, you're soulful, what, what you what you all talk about in your lyrics, um, you know, and it just making that connection. It was just something that sat with me and I had to really think about. And I got home and I, I first recorded uh, Aaliyah because I wanted to do a song about a tomboy. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. what am I going to call this song? I don't want to call it tomboy. That's whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, I'm going to call it Aaliyah. And then it all clicked, mm-hmm. you know, um, when I think about my lineage there's so many branches to me and it was a way too for me to show me as a person because a lot of times people like to box me in on who they think I am mm-hmm. based on the music I make and you know the the beats that I rap over you know I've been in conversations where you know we'll be in debates and you know debates turn into you know people saying things that they that they presume about you and it's been you know things like oh I bet when y'all go to the party I think y'all party I bet y'all go listen to you know burn incense and listen to <laughs> conscious music and I'm just mm-hmm. like who parties like that Nobody. I just told y'all I'd be backing it up the waka flocker <laughs> right, like what's right. up no right. hands baby like what you mean right. so you know it allowed me to creatively do a project that one show my lineage of a bunch of different women two that show love to these women three that introduce the world to these women that may not know them mm. you know people are like i like this song but who is Whoopi goldberg i like this song but you know who is afini shakur mm. and you know they it gets to extend their life 
um, in, in the same way that sampling extends lives That's of right. 70s mm-hmm. artists. But it's it also, an interesting concept. You're sampling yeah. their legacy for your wow. album. And it also gave me a way to show that there are so many different sides of me, mm-hmm. you know, that people still haven't tapped in and I still haven't shown, you know. You know, when you see these interviews, like I'm reserved and, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to my marketing team once and they was like, if we could write down 10 things, we know what it is. Mm-hmm. Just all listening to the music, like you're lyrical, you're soulful, you're intelligent, whoop de whoop. But there's another goofy side, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, there might be a little rough neck depending on the day, but right, you know, right. it's, it's, it allows you to show like there's way more than me. You ain't forget me. about them shots. I ain't forgot about them shots. That, <laughs> nah, they're not ready if you, that's when, that snow hill. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I peeped it. I peeped the aggressive, the newish, <laughs> aggressive energy to me just being a student of culture mm-hmm. it reminded me hearing this album reminded me of two specific albums okay De La Soul is Dead mm-hmm. and Lab Cabin California that one I'm not familiar with that's Far Side's second album oh okay right mm-hmm. now on De La Soul is Dead like the whole thing De La Soul came out like look we we just about the culture you rapped about De La Soul right. like, to do it to stay mm-hmm. side they came out like peace, love, and we love this culture, and we just did it. And then niggas was testing them. So when De La Soul is dead, they rapped about fucking niggas up. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? And yes. it was like, all that De La Soul shit. Don't get it twisted. Dead. Right. Dead. Farside came out like, Michael Ross is a genie. He's giving us our wishes. Soul flower. You know, pass the pipe, baby. You know what I'm saying? Passing me by all that. Second album, every time I step to a microphone, I put my soul with two inch reels that I don't even own. Mm-hmm. Second album was running. Second album was just, it was just darker. It was just like, right. we have some experience. Even Anderson Pack, mm-hmm. um, what's the name of the last record? Vent- Ventura. Malibu yeah. feels like this celebrate and I love both these mm-hmm. records but Malibu is like this fresh yeah. innocent energy mm-hmm. it's bright it's bright yeah Ventura is a little, little dark. dark like I've seen some shit in his industry mm-hmm. that's what I feel like Eve is like it's mm-hmm. a little it's not it, you don't lose your light no. but it's a little bit more like hmm yeah okay some of y'all niggas is not moving nah. and I need to address this right and you've been addressing you slyly addressed the criticism a little here a little, a little here, here. You, you, it's like you mentioned it's like you be like I see what y'all are saying. Mm-hmm. I see the little comments here. I see the little comments here, but this is what I'm doing. Right. You know, um, this time it was like, all right, I done had enough at this point. Yeah. 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 You done said way too much and I'm tired of tiptoeing around. That's it. right. You know I mean? And you own like, in your moment. Yeah. You got to check. You got to check niggas sometimes, you know? Absolutely. It's like, all right, I played the nice guy too long. Mm. Well, but I do say, uh, don't get this instance, uh, fucked up what she say i still got the coat 45 or something like right, that right, she right, say right. like you know you could you could turn that on you could get the snow hill if you want to mm-hmm. i'll be chilling but you know it's just time where you got to speak up for yourself mm-hmm. and what i learned is people like aggressive me like <laughs> you people know I, want you to, to go out there they want they do they do and it's so much i can say and it's just like a, a lot of times it's not that i don't want to say it i'm afraid a lot of times it's just like you don't even deserve my energy bro so i ain't mm-hmm. gonna give it to you that's what it is most of the time. It's just like, I'll do, I have records where I'm coming at people and it's just like, man, I don't even want to give them that mm-hmm. light. Like, you know, cause once it's out there and you know, they get energy from it and it ain't worth my energy. Mm-hmm. But I felt, I felt like it was time at, at this point mm-hmm. in time. It's just like, you know, just go. That's, That's what right. you're feeling. Just go. Now we here at the people's party, a huge fan of your career. 
Um, and particularly, I was telling you, my man Steve Baramucci, who helps me out a my lot. My homie Steve. <laughs> um, I love you, Steve. Uprocks did a, a great review. Do you have? I do have the quote. The quote from the review. Uh, Up Rocks uh, from Aaron Williams writing on Uprocks. Rather than simply providing an alternative to stripper rap or acting as an avatar for respectable, dressed up female rappers, she wishes to represent and uplift all women, regardless of their presentation, and act as the vanguard of a generation of MCs who can dress however they want while receiving the respect for their skills without arbitrary standards of respectability. Does that quote... Uh, accurately reflect your stand tall for all women my my whole thing is come as you are and you are enough mm-hmm. you know it's all about balance for me um I, i'm not gonna ask you to read it again just to make sure i got the lingo right but you know a lot of times people will use me as you know the you should like Rhapsody because she ain't, she don't dress half naked. Mm-hmm. And you should like Rhapsody because, you know, she shows up how a woman is supposed, supposed to be shown. You know, and it's just like, bro, like you don't even got to do that. Like mm-hmm. if you like me, then like me. But don't don't come at, you know, these other women's because mm-hmm. they choose to do their art the way they do their art. And they entertain the way they entertain. You know, we spend, I say this all the time, we spend too much time talking about what we don't like instead of investing energy in what we That's do. So true. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to change it, then speak in other ways with your dollars, with your support, with your tour tickets. If you a DJ, play the record mm-hmm. on the radio, you know, call your radio and demand it. Like, you you know, demand anything else. So um, that's what it is because it's not about me, you know, tearing the next woman down. I think everybody has a story to tell, mm-hmm. you know. Megan and Cardi tell the stories that they tell because they live that life mm-hmm. and they should have the space to be honest right. about Cardi was a stripper so she gonna make stripper music that's, that's right. honest music that's conscious music because that's conscious to what she was doing and the life that she was living I, I lived a different life and I experienced different things so I'm gonna talk about them in, di- in different ways um, so that's what it's about it's about me just making making sure people know that there's room for you Mm-hmm. in whatever way you want to show up mm-hmm. and you don't have to conform to what you think everybody else is doing to fit in mm-hmm. you know you don't have to be that because if you do you'll be continue to chase that forever mm-hmm. and trying to keep up with what's hot next you can only be as best as you are mm-hmm. there you can't be another card you can't be another nick you can't be another megan you can't be another rhapsody all you could be is you so that's mm-hmm. that's always my message is come as you are mm-hmm. you know and it's also great that you have that philosophy because it's it takes a part of the putting women against each other yeah. because there's enough. There's so many male rappers, but whenever there's a female rapper, they're always like, "Oh, well, this one does this, and then that one does right. that." And it's like, who says how women's supposed to dress or act or whatever? You do you. Exactly. That's what it's about. I was saying mm-hmm. that the other day, you don't hear, "Oh, you should like Kendrick Lamar and J Cole because they don't sound like Young Thug." Like that is so weak, mm-hmm. man. Like. You know, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's seven days in a week. 30, 28, some days <laughs> in a month, you know what I'm saying? 365 right. days in a year. Right. It's, it's February, depends on what month mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, so you're going to feel different. Some days you might feel like Cardi. Some days you might feel like Waka Flocka. Some mm-hmm. days you might feel like Rhapsody. Like, that's all it's about is catching the energy. If your mm-hmm. vibe is, uh, you know, Talib Kweli, 365 days a year, then run that. It is. Stream that's, them numbers. My vibe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's not write these think pieces on what we don't like. Right. Like, mm-hmm. champion the people you do. And if I got time that's for that. That's right. Uh, somebody I do like that I'm excited about that's on your album is J.I.D. That's my dude. That's my little brother from another. I love him. Talk to me about Iman and, and working on a song with him. 
<laughs> um, I hate we couldn't work on it together, but the story of how he, oh. he recorded it is so hilarious to me. But um, knife um, you know we were doing the women, and you know I, I definitely said I want to have any mine, you know. And so he makes he finds the ebony record, and he was like, "What you think about this?" And like, "Ebony woman," I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." So um, I knew that I wanted JID on this record. Um, so we sent it to him and we got Sir on it later when I was trying to think of, of the hook. But I sent it to him and he was on tour, probably waited like a month. And I was in L.A. and he FaceTimes me. He's like, rap. He was like, I told you I got you. He was like, by any means necessary. He turns the phone and it's an ironing board on the floor with the legs crossed and a mic stand. And he was like, see, we get this. It's, <laughs> it's real hip hop. No I'm just like. Bro, are you recording on an ironing board? Like, <laughs> <laughs> who does that? Um, you know, but that's that's JID. Like, it's it's just dope. Like to see somebody that's newer come up and he looks at me. You mm. know, to to look up and always show love to me like he does. Because you don't get a lot of guys and a lot of guys that do that to women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can see him doing that for Kendrick or Cole. So he's always been special to me just for the person he is but just to even do that you know mm-hmm. um but yeah like when when he was uh when he called me he was like yo he was like and i'm gonna end my verse with bitch but i want you to come back and check me on it yo <laughs> so <laughs> he was like i think that'd be dope yeah, yeah yeah i was like oh i see what you're doing mm. um so i checked him on it and it it actually like is it's dope how things just naturally work out because um, we had the Queen Latifah record, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's Shout the out to perfect." Latifah, by the way, yeah. that record is incredible. That verse that she gave you, is, I loved it. That's People be forgetting <laughs> that Latifah got them bars. I don't oh, think we forget. Yeah. Latifah's had it up to here. She's <laughs> <laughs> not taking it no more. Mm, for real, what are you calling a bitch. Yo, we don't say that word. word. That's right. We we learned that <laughs> we recently. Uh, we just, we just, yeah, we don't I heard that about word that combo. <laughs> yeah, yo, you gotta walk on eggshells around that one. Listen, but yeah. when you uh, you have all these features on your record, do you do like a trade a feature for a feature, or do you like do you pay for features? Like how how does that work? Um, well, I did so many in the, in the early days because I was newer. Um, I would get the feature and Knife would have to trade for the beat because <laughs> his, his name had more weight than mine. Yeah. Nobody cared about no Rhapsody feature back in the early days. <laughs> it was like, whatever, give me that Knife one to beat. So a lot of times that's how I would go. If I got a feature, it was either for love or um, Knife was knife was sending them in the pack. Is it so. true that you got first dibs on them Knife one to beats? I'm not going to say. I'm going to tell you, I, I didn't get first dibs. This is what it is. I am a studio rat. So I would I would bring suitcases to the studio and sleep on the couch. Knife eventually got me a shower. Not me, but he got <laughs> us. But I'm gonna just say it's me. Um so I didn't I never have to leave. So mm-hmm. I was just I would be there all the time and if there ain't nobody there and he running beats, I'm like, Can I get that? Can right. I get that? Or a lot of times we listen to the beat and I I wait like a half a beat, mm-hmm. you know, a second. If nobody don't say nothing, I'm like, Can I get that? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. The right, new closed mouth don't get fed. Yeah, get like fed. we got newer artists Ian and Ruben and I'd be like, Look, I'm gonna tell y'all mm-hmm. when he start running this beat, this is my only gym I'm giving you. You better ask for it because if I get it first, right. you short. The so game a lot is to be sold. Not yeah, to be told. so Ruben catch on quick. Like okay. he'll get. I'll be like, ah, you, 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 you <laughs> there now? So you better speak up. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what it is. A jewel I got early in my career from Dream Hampton mm. is to not make music for the ladies. 
And I didn't really understand mm. it when she said it, but I get it now. What she was pushing back on is the idea that as a rapper, I'm going to be like, yo, this song is for the club and this one's for the ladies and it's going to change the way I approach making music. When she's like, me as a female hip-hop fan, mm. I'm attracted to hip-hop for the same reasons you, you are. are. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. because I'm a woman doesn't mean I need to hear stuff about women mm -hmm. or picking up women or being in a relationship. Like, I like to nod my head to the hard shit just like you do. That's real. And that changed the way that I made my music. Mm -hmm. I, I caught flack for it because I did an interview about the new Black Star album that we working on. And I, you know, with Mad Lips. I need to be a part of that. Hey, you know, we could, I could play, if you got time, I'll play you some things. Um, but I, I said in the interview, I was like, we didn't make no songs for the women. Now, that doesn't mean we're not talking about love or relationship mm -hmm. at all. But we didn't approach it like, this one's for the ladies. You know what I'm saying? I love when you say ladies. That's, how, that's what happens when you make songs for the women. Yeah. You start talking about, this is something special for, for the, the ladies. ladies. <laughs> be like, you turn into Ma they Monte Jordan. Sexy like, voice on yeah. the honeys. <laughs> it's something for the honeys. Um, that's real though. Yeah, I mean, you're answering my question when you say that's real, but that's mm -hmm. what I was about to ask you, how you felt about that. Yo, completely. Like, mm -hmm. when I, I don't go looking for like, all right, where the girl record for me? Right, it's right. like, nah, like, oh, right. it's joint. Where Knock, yeah. Like, me and Misa Hilton had become good friends mm -hmm. and- I seen the work she did on that video too oh yeah Ooh. man oh, what man. no matter how you create whether it's in fashion the video or whatever for Oprah, right she did oprah and Ibtahaj. yeah man yeah go watch those videos if you haven't seen them mm -hmm. they're incredible the direction the art direction the clothes the embracement of the, the embrace of black womanhood the oprah video this is there like one dude in the video like just yeah. the homeless dude. That's the it. The homeless dude. Yeah, that's, that's it. It's it. just black women. It's crazy. <laughs> but keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, like we become good friends, and she just tells me stories, and she talked about how much like her and Mary love Wu Tang. Mm -hmm. You know, you, we know how hard Wu Tang they mm -hmm. they make no records for no right. ladies. You got like, on the album. Yeah, like that's that's what women love. Like mm -hmm. you know. Why you think they like Lil' Kim's? Because she was hardcore. Right, like, yes. you know, so. She's like female biggie energy. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's what it is. Like, we just want dope music. Mm -hmm. Like, 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 like. I'm, just, I'm said, sorry. Like, I flash back to your Charlemagne interview when he was like, yo, when, when she come on, like, when the Lil' Kim record comes on and she starts talking about sucking dicks, you feel a way. <laughs> like, Charlamagne, what are you talking about? He's always talking about sucking dicks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep going. I forgot about that. That's my dude. Yeah, shout out to Charlamagne. Man, also in North Carolina, dude. Oh, Straight wow. up, and no South Carolina. South Carolina, excuse me. Yeah, um, no, I don't love them. No, <laughs> we I'm separate over here. Right. We we cousins. That's right. um, but yeah, that's that's just what it is. Like you know, I don't want no man. I don't want no. I just want dope music, mm -hmm. yo. And we like that joint that knock. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't go in and make records like, oh, this is for the fellas. Right. You know? This one's and for I'm the I'm a fellas. woman, but <laughs> I got to rap hard right. for the fellas. Like, no, nah, I just go rap, bro. Mm -hmm. And the fellas like it. Because right. it's dope. So That's it's the same, right. same thing for females, mm -hmm. you know. You see, you see what the women are listening to. They... Mm -hmm. They like that thug and all that, you mm -hmm. know. That ain't That's what I think I really like about the energy from like the Oprah video and certain things. It's like mm -hmm. y'all and then like like the poem at the end, just the ownership of this is a fucking hip hop record. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is a this is a hip hop record. It's no compromise. None. But it's all women. Mm -hmm. And it's feminine energy, but it's still hard though. Right. Don't I, a lot of guys love that album. Mm -hmm. A lot. You know, going into it, I was like, hmm, it was just a thought. Like, I wonder how like men are going to be able to, how they going to take it, relate to it. Are they going to even want to check it out? Because is it going to be like, oh, this for women? Mm -hmm. They, I think more men listen to it than women some days. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's, 
it's just they just vibe to it because it's dope right and i and that's what i appreciated like guys like yo i love that iman record yo mm-hmm. oprah's crazy like a feeny like oh, that video you know was I mean? amazing too yeah like nina is just like bad mm-hmm. and white guys Mm-hmm. I there was I toured with Crit and you know a lot of white shout guys. Out to Big Crit too. You mentioned him earlier, and I meant to yeah. give him a shout out. He's one of the greatest working artists right now, without a doubt. Like a lot of white guys would uh, would dap me up and be like, "Yo, thank you for this record. I have a black girlfriend. It makes me appreciate her more. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this record. I learned so much about women in this record, and mm-hmm. you know I get messages. It's like I know you didn't specifically make this for me, mm-hmm. but I love this album. They and learning. I think that yeah, yeah, they it's open like what you stuff said. up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look up who Maya Angelou is. I'm gonna look up who Fanny right. Shakur is. I'm learning from this. Mm-hmm. So. Um, to take it back a little bit, Biggie Smalls called himself. He owned Fat Black and ugly, ugly. Um, mm-hmm. he flipped the power of those words much like black people flip the word nigga. Right. You have this record, Black and Ugly. Right. The record is about not fitting into sort of Western standards. That's how mm-hmm. I took it. Western standards of beauty. Um, how important is it for black artists, particularly black women artists, to publicly love our bodies and ourselves? Man, it's so important because it's important for our community and for the the children that are watching mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if we start you know falling victim to trying to live up to a european standard of beauty that is a false narrative for mm-hmm. us you know we, we we start to lose ourselves you know what i mean and that's where you you have problems with you know i want to lighten my skin you know mm-hmm. i don't you there's times you have fun with your hair wear weave yeah, color right. it every day you but be able to do that. when you don't want to wear the weave and you wear your natural love that, that too, and, too. Yeah, yeah and that's what it's about it's, it's showing that no you are beautiful as you are um everybody else want to look like you so why that's not right. you know people getting tan people getting butt injections mm-hmm. lip injections you know so love yourself um and especially for the kids that are watching you know representation matters um i don't want my niece to grow up and, and look in the mirror and not love herself mm-hmm. you know and, and get lost in that so that's that's what it's about just owning your own beauty and be like who, who ugly you ugly i'm good over here right. you know um that's and that's what it was like biggie like you said biggie owned that he became like a sex symbol mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it's all in confidence and seeing it in yourself you got to see it in yourself first before you can find it anywhere else mm-hmm. nobody else can do it for you so you know it's it's just important for us to remember that you know we are beautiful as we are our skin color is beautiful all right. shades dark and light skin because mm-hmm. i know a lot of times you know we as on the chocolate end you know we like to say how hard we have it too but our light-skinned sisters have it hard as well mm-hmm. i was having this conversation with my hairdresser and she was like you know i know dark-skinned women have it hard but yo i was called strawberry growing up and you know mm-hmm. i i didn't feel like you know uh i belonged anywhere because i was so light-skinned so you know on on both ends you know we gotta just learn to love ourselves and each other mm. you know it's, it's just important and stop with the light skin dark skin crap when it's Please. like you acting light skin that is like my biggest pet peeve and that's what i hope for 2020 that we get away from because as you said 
all spectrums of the of of the black rainbow have to deal with it, but it's specifically ones that either or because white the light skin they're saying oh you're not black enough or the dark or you're too dark and it's like we're all black we all are going through the same things at the end of the day yeah and it's just another way to divide at mm-hmm. the end of the day they're gonna divide you over your complexion over your language your religion your tribe if you're in South Africa they divide you over nothing else so it's like oh we can do it with tribes mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know. Um, like you say, like we all black at the end of the day. So that's right. We all struggling in some way. Man, rap. This has been so beautiful. Um, I saw you on a DoorDash commercial. Oh, yes. Love DoorDash. <laughs> I, I like Risotto, fish rope, <laughs> <laughs> milkshake, cube steak, yo. Straight like that. I know every time that commercial runs because somebody tweets it to me. <laughs> and I just know I'm caking right now. Okay. Word up. <laughs> I hope so. We'll no see doubt. what the mailbox say. Check it out. Right, make a check every time. <laughs> Straight up. Now, you also um, kind of nice with The Rock. Man, nah. Nah, I, you're not nice. I used to be. I done, I done been in a couple celebrity games with mm-hmm. no points. So I don't know if I don't know if the community is gonna allow me to say I'm nice. Okay. <laughs> but there was a time I was a killer. Okay. I'm gonna get back though. What lessons do you take from basketball into music? Oh man, basketball taught me a lot. Because you have a lot of basketball lyrics. Oh yeah, uh, work ethic for one. Um, what you get in, you put out. Like they say, like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. You know, get in and shoot them free throws. Mm-hmm. Where you could do like Michael Jordan and close your eyes mm-hmm. and just know that joint is going in. So you know, when I was playing basketball, a lot of times I was the first one to practice, last one to leave. So mm-hmm. The varsity boys would practice right after us. I would stay and practice with them too. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I to get better. I would challenge myself by practicing against the best so i love practicing against boys mm-hmm. you know what i mean um so i do the same thing in music mm-hmm. like when i when i approach music I'm, I'm like the first one to studio the last one to leave i'm spending the night if i'm taking a song i did i'm not comparing it to who's new beside me i'm comparing it to jay and every mm-hmm. other classic album it's just like where does it fit in that you know um spectrum of music and lexicon like where does it stand in as legacy and it's just like you ain't you ain't there yet you got to do more you got to mm-hmm. do better um that uh teamwork you know especially being in jam like how to be a leader mm-hmm. you know how to uh pull your teammates up you know how to share the knowledge and wisdom um like with ruben i'm always passing on ninth pass it to me i'm passing it to you mm-hmm. like that's how it goes we don't hold information right we got to give information to each other. Yes. Um, that's that's what it's about being a being a leader too. You know what that what that means. Mm-hmm. You know um, how do you step up for your team? How do you teach? How do you guide? Competitiveness, mm-hmm. boy. Um, to compete, you know, to never never look at yourself. No matter how you, you might be facing a team that's undefeated. You gotta go in there like so, right? right. You know, if you get on a on a record with Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. so right, like I right. I love you, bro. Mm-hmm. I don't care about how many Grammys you got. Let's mm-hmm. go, right. you know. Um, and I'm sure he approaches everything that he does in the same way. He did. He so. said he was the king of New York once, <laughs> <laughs> and named a bunch of rappers. Well, he just oh, right. That's right. That's, that's how Kendrick approaches it. Straight. That's how yeah. you supposed to I do remember. it. Like what? So it's it's all of those things. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I learned from basketball that I took into it. And to pray. Man. You, know, you pray before the games, you better pray every day. No doubt. <laughs> well, I stated when we started this that I couldn't overstate your contribution to the culture. And I think you've given me the words that I couldn't find. 
Um, thank you for coming to the People's Party. Ladies and gentlemen, thank Rhapsody. you for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you.